When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is qualifying day at the 2023 Spanish Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts and on today's episode, Max Verstappen dominates the battle for pole position but nominal title challenger Sergio Perez suffers yet another shocker to start 11th. Perez won't be the only driver starting out of position though. George Russell will line up 12th after colliding with Lewis Hamilton in Q2, and last year's pole getter Charles Leclerc has qualified a lowly 19th with car troubles. And with six different manufacturers in the top six and seven teams in the top 10, the race for the podium looks wide open for Sunday's Grand Prix. To talk us through a frantic day of qualifying, let's hear now from your man on the ground, it's Chris Medlin. Hello everyone, Chris Medlin back with you after a very busy qualifying day in Barcelona where we've had surprise results, we've had grid penalties and we've even had teammates colliding. But despite all that, Max Verstappen is on pole once again. We could kind of gloss over it given everything else there is to talk about, but it is worth stating what an impressive job he's done. To be half a second clear of the field, even after aborting a final run, he was improving on because nobody could beat him at that stage. So when you add in the jeopardy of the session with his teammate Sergio Perez dropping out in Q2, one of a number of big names to hit trouble, it was another excellent performance from Verstappen that really does deserve some recognition. It also leaves Perez with a lot of work to do from 11th place on the grid, but he is not alone. And he says he fancies his chances of making it to the podium because there are so many out of position drivers. Now, Perez went off at turn five in Q2 and had to give up that lap, reset everything, charge his battery again, and try again with a final attempt in Q2. And he just fell short, dropping out in 11th place. So a real big shock given the advantage that Red Bull has had so far here. We were expecting it on this track, but for it to all fall apart for Perez like that, after a tough weekend as well in Monaco last weekend, when he failed to score, don't forget, it really is going to be a, a crucial race for him to try and fight his way through. Also dropping out in Q2 was George Russell, while Charles Leclerc was eliminated in Q1. And each of those are part of interesting wider stories too. So let's start with Russell. He collided with teammate Lewis Hamilton on the pit straight at close to 180 miles an hour. Yeah, it sounds pretty spectacular. It could have been disastrous. It certainly was tense. Uh, Russell was starting a flying lap after aborting his previous one, and he was trying to take the slipstream from Carlos Sainz, who had just finished a lap. So Russell had actually got out the way of a couple of cars. I think the other one was Verstappen, who, having aborted his own lap, he'd got out the way of both of those, uh, and then accelerated through the final corner, was picking up the toe from Sainz, but Hamilton was behind both and approaching them quickly because he got a better exit from the final corner. He just prepared his lap as he normally would 
uh, and hadn't expected any cars to be ahead of him that were starting a lap. He thought Russell was finishing his lap ahead of him and, and then was getting out the way. So unaware that Russell hadn't backed off, Hamilton took the slipstream from both the cars ahead of him, including his teammate, and then returned to the racing line, only for Russell to move across on him as he caught the back of Sainz himself. And the contact saw Hamilton pick up front wing and floor damage, but it could have been much worse at that speed. The stewards handed out a warning after an investigation, but no more than that. Uh, both drivers said it was a miscommunication and shook hands after the session because they kind of understood how it had come to pass. Now, Mercedes ended up with one driver out in Q2 and one in Q3 as Russell failed to advance from that session, but things were worse for Ferrari as Charles Leclerc was only 19th quickest overall. And Leclerc is sure there was an issue with the rear of his car and says he'd be very surprised if Ferrari doesn't find the root cause overnight. But he was just slow all session and only beat Logan Sargent in Q1, so we'll line up on the back row. Ferrari will do their investigations tomorrow morning. Uh, Park Fermi regulations mean they can't go into detail on that uh, ahead of that time. So uh, for now, Leclerc's going to have to sleep on it, not knowing whether there was an actual issue with the car or not. But we will find out tomorrow and they will be able to rectify it if there's a clear bit of damage or a problem that needs fixing, as long as they can change any part for the, for the same spec of component. If not, he'd have to start from the pit lane, but that's not the end of the world, given the fact he would have been starting on the back row anyway. And it was a day of two halves for Ferrari as Sainz put his final lap together to grab a front row slot alongside Max Verstappen. So the home fans were still happy. The big test now will be if the Ferrari upgrade is delivered consistently as well as giving them decent pace in qualifying. Because if that upgrade means the car is just that bit more consistent, then maybe Sainz can try and hold on in the race. And certainly Leclerc can hope to fight through. Now, Sainz's performance was needed after a tough session for Fernando Alonso. Alonso went off in Q1 at the final corner, and he wasn't actually on a flying lap at the time. He was just preparing for one and was looking down at the steering wheel, just changing a setting. Uh, and he went into the gravel at pretty high speed, and he took full blame for the error because he actually damaged the floor pretty significantly. Very rare for Alonso to make such a mistake, but it was a costly one because he carried that damage through all the way to Q3, so he did get the car into Q3 and got a good job there. Uh, Lance Stroll also getting through into Q3, but Alonso ended up qualifying ninth and will start eighth due to grid penalties. Now, the Spaniard still thought he could have even been second, even with that damage, given what his lap time had been up to a moment he had at turn 10 on his final lap. So he's encouraged on that front, given the pace of the car, especially as Aston Martin can repair the floor overnight. Now, he's another that is going to be looking to climb through, and it's going to potentially add some real excitement to this race. But that's the sort of thing that's going to have the likes of Lando Norris and Nico Hülkenberg worried. Norris was a brilliant third. Not too sure where that pace from McLaren came from. He said it himself. Team wasn't expecting it, and he was shocked to be there. Hülkenberg we'd seen yesterday in FP2. He was third quickest then. He starts from seventh. Uh, and Haas just did really well to execute, but they've got to drive defensive races when we look at the likes of Alonso, we look at the, uh, the likes of Perez and Leclerc, even George Russell, all trying to come through in quick cars. Now, Hülkenberg and Alonso were two of six drivers to benefit from two grid penalties for Pierre Gasly, who impeded Carlos Sainz and Max Verstappen on separate occasions in Q1. Now, the Sainz penalty was all on Gasly. He tried to jump between the two Ferraris at the penultimate corner and he held up Sainz. But the Verstappen one was more on the team, who told him everyone behind him at that point were on slow laps. So that was kind of on back-to-back -back runs for Gasly and it was a costly time for him. He had been fourth on the grid as well. But that demotes him to 10th, with Hamilton, Esteban Ocon, Lance Stroll and Oscar Piastri also benefiting alongside Hülkenberg and Alonso. 
Now, Gazi didn't get any penalty points for that, though, as the FIA have changed what it hands out points for after a review last year. A year ago, each offence would have been worth a penalty point, but no longer. Uh, and that's uh, a good thing for Gasly because he's dangerously close to the magic 12 points that can give you a race ban. So if he'd have picked up a point for each, he probably couldn't have afforded another indiscretion in the race. Otherwise, he would have been banned from a Grand Prix. So it was uh, a close run thing and, and frustrating for Gasly after another good performance. The Alpine showing good pace. But what that penalty does do is it leaves seven different teams in the top seven positions on the grid and the prospect of plenty of overtaking on the new track layout, which usually means the potential for instance and controversy too. Now, strategy-wise, we're looking at a really mixed-up race as well. Tyres are a big talking point because this track really tests the front left specifically, and with the changes made to the layout, the final two corners are particularly quick, both high-speed. Lewis Hamilton described them as mega. He loved it after qualifying, even with the incident that he had with George Russell. Uh, but it means that the front left gives up quite early if you're not careful. The rears also can take a bit of a hammering. So. Drivers will be needing to look after that, but they need to use the soft tyre because that provides a big performance advantage. So it's most likely that the teams that have two sets of hards, and that's Red Bull and Ferrari, Williams and Alfa Romeo, will look to two-stop with softs and two sets of hards. For everyone else, they might have to do two stints on the soft tyre or go for a three-stop race. And the three-stop would be really exciting to see because then you're going to get lots of drivers fighting through and having to do plenty of overtaking. They'll be using that final couple of corners to make sure they're close to the car in front, use DRS and attack. But then it's likely that the tyres will drop off if you're too close behind the car for too long. So you've got to get the moves done and be clinical. Going to be really exciting to see. And that's even before the risk of any rain in the race. Thanks very much to Chris Medland. And I can't wait to see how this one unfolds. It should be a cracker. Make sure you don't miss an update from the Spanish Grand Prix paddock by subscribing to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts, and you can visit us at pitpassmotorsports.com. You can also keep up to date with goings-on between episodes by following Chris on social media. Just check the links in the show description. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.